0: To Love that for us, a podcast by me, Allie, and me, Alan, two coaches slash mentors who found themselves saying "love that for us" all too often. All about entrepreneurship, dating, relationships, social media, wellness, and just life in general. On this week's episode, we will be chatting about Alan's health journey. All right, Alan, that's me. All you today. Um, I'm so excited to do this episode with you because I feel like I just don't know the depths of your health journey. And I do know that you were coaching chronic illness. So Mm -hmm. I know that you had experienced some chronic illness in your own life. Um, But today's episode is kind of going to be all about the deets and I don't know them. Maybe our audience doesn't. And I think this can also just touch and influence so many people who struggle with health so I don't even know where to begin (laughs) I'm gonna hand it over to you and let you get started that's
1: the I know isn't that crazy yeah I going through this process I guess um we'll get into it for sure but it's definitely um eye-opening how many the more I have opened up about it over the years and talked about things and stuff, how many people like everyone, my thing is everyone has something. And yes, that's been my mom's little phrase and going through this, like for so many years, having so many, so many unknowns. And, um, it can be super isolating and like, you just feel like total shit about yourself <laughs> at yeah. many points. And, um, especially going through a lot of this in like adolescent years. And my mom is always like, everyone has something. And then I started to see it more when I, you know, you get kind of around college age or like, and you go away and you kind of realize like everyone has something in terms of whether it's something with family or something like emotional issues mm-hmm. that they're carrying or physical other physical yeah. stuff. And it yeah. feels so much like you're in your own for so long, but, um, this is like my thing. Everyone has something, but this has been my way to, um, I guess, connect and like open the door to a lot of people and has helped me, um, with empathy a lot over the years. Cause I, looking back, there's points in my journey where I'm like, I don't recognize that person because I was just super sad and upset and like salty. Um, and now can like empathize with people who aren't even necessarily going through these issues but going through like you understand the what the lows are like for people and stuff so um yeah you know, this crazy journey so 28 now almost 29
0: all right um, we're and from, we're so close to 30 I know I ha- I'm already 30 so we are excited about you getting closer to 30 the
1: other day someone well I have you know my brain right now is all can all messed up. Um and I We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get to it later. Um, but someone said how old are you and I was I looked at my mom and I was like am I 29? I almost said I was 29 cuz I had a mini panic of like <laughs> that my birthday's in January so I was like that means I'm 30 in a few months. And then and she's like no like you're it's okay
0: you're 29 clutch with the yeah. real birthday. See, my mom's the opposite. Sometimes she'll be like you're 32 and I'm like no mom I'm 30 don't age me but I think this is because two years, two years. and I think this wow. is because I'm the baby of four so yeah. for her like she just I think throws yeah. me up there with where they're at and then like don't age me mom <laughs> just yeah. so anyways yeah. you're 28 okay, going yeah.
1: on 29
0: in a few months
1: not 30 yet um 30 and yeah this yet. all started um when I was 11 which is wow. So Um, young, baby. I know, I know. I'm like, what was I doing at 11? Which is crazy. Um, Yeah, you were so little. I know, I know. So yeah, I started out having back issues. Um, That was like what I first went to the doctor for. Um, And they, I mean, a common theme throughout all of this is that my scans, tests, everything look, quote unquote, normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have like some scoliosis and so they said, you're going to probably grow out of it and stuff. Um, and things just ramped up over the years in terms of pain. And so my back was always my main issue. Um, and that pain just like manifested throughout my body. Um, and so that just took a really wild ride in terms of like being undiagnosed but trying to control the pain and so having all sorts of physical interventions
0: um medications all of that stuff and then was it mostly like western medicine interventions when you were a kid or yeah yes I mean yes we tried everything I mean I was having
1: um injections done on my back I was having mean taking all kinds of medications but I was doing I did like massage acupuncture
0: okay um, so you I had think- a good little mix
1: yeah but I mean thinking back then like it there's so much now that I wasn't yeah. even aware of yeah um yeah that wasn't even on the radar I don't think yeah and at that time I we can definitely talk about this but my the whole kind of viewpoint on this was that it was like an acute we had a very acute mindset and like that's something big in this in the chronic illness world is like acute versus chronic mindset where acute is like we tend to think of everything like you break your arm you go in like they run scans they figure it out you have a treatment and you're fine and so for a long time that's how my brain was, was like, oh, I'm just going to keep getting a test. And like, I'm going to try something and eventually we'll okay. figure it out and I will be fine.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I was never in the mindset of chronic long-term
0: and yeah. I don't really know
1: like at what point it switched into
0: that. That's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> like how many years of this journey do you mm-hmm. feel like you had to go on? And I'm sure you kind of said in the beginning that you started feeling like yeah salty at what point did the saltiness start to <laughs> kick into because I'm sure you know like we talked about on the first episode like the process and I can only yeah. imagine the process from 11 years old of all the different emotions that you had to go through and feel yeah getting told we don't know what the problem is but try all these things and yeah. it's not working
1: I know I don't know I mean I think high school was tougher looking yeah. back I feel like yeah. um
0: just some sadness for her <laughs> totally did like, you feel like there were certain things you couldn't necessarily enjoy as much or partake in as much because of what you were going yeah. on so With yeah like my high school. I mean
1: for, this is the thing from the outside it looked great probably I'm guessing um you wouldn't know like even my close friends just don't no, wouldn't know the yeah. extent um because this if you can see me now looks great um really? you can't see anything right wow. Like, um and so I looked normal but like I wasn't able to do I think around like freshman year eighth grade is when I stopped doing sports and like my after school activity was physical therapy or going to these appointments wow and stuff like that and so it was never like playing soccer or you know whatever um and so things definitely shifted in that
0: capacity um yeah. and do you feel like that's when that negative emotion started to really like become apparent to you
1: I don't know that's I think I think I was still I think I was more sad okay. I don't think I was mad yeah. I was definitely sad um but I was still doing everything I've never been someone who didn't do try yeah
0: to
1: make it better yeah and I go to like the dances I do everything with my friends like I I mean I like I have so many fun memories too from yeah. that time um but it was a push the thing is everything was a push for mm-hmm. me um and if it was a push then it was a crash on the flip side so like I could go yeah to, homecoming or whatever but then I would physically be in crisis coming off of that yeah and that was just like the downside things that people um, wouldn't see so I think college like my freshman year is what I call my life crisis okay Um, so I went to college my whole goal was like all my doctors knew like let's get her to college I wanted to go out of state Um, where did you go? I went to St. Mary's in California in the Bay area. Awesome. Um, and I, when I got there, I was just on a few medications. They were managing like some nervous system, some nerve pain and stuff. Um, and I like my first week, just like my world flipped upside down and I was having panic attacks. I was, like went to severe depression, anxiety, and I call it my out-of-body experience, where I just, like I knew that things were out of control, but I had no way of managing it, Um, and I would, still, I would go to class, but immediately after, I would like run back to my car and like have a total panic attack, because I didn't want my roommate to see me Wow.
0: Wow. Um, so that was, I think, when I totally. Were you getting support at that time still? Because I know you said you had like a team of doctors and stuff, but were you telling them? What was. Well, so, yeah, I would mean my poor parents, my family. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, the <laughs> they get the phone calls. <laughs> yeah,
1: they get the phone calls, and they're like 500 miles away. Um, My brother was still living down there at the time with his girlfriend who's now his wife and um and that's who I would spend time with um and like to me that was easy because I didn't have to explain anything and like if yeah. I would out crying it was just I mean it was not my usual but it was just I didn't have to explain
0: right
1: um but awesome. the doctor said I didn't have my team down there and so that was like an issue um and so everyone was super concerned, it ended up, they ended up kind of figuring it out that the medications I was on was not, uh, it wasn't a safe combination to be on. A, for someone my age and B, um, if you were in a state of change, which I had a whole life change. Yes. Moving, living
0: in a whole- Anyone who's gone to college. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so
1: that was kind of their, like, this is why you are, you flipped a switch. Um, so, but as with a lot of those medications, you can't just stop. It's like a taper. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, that is what I refer to as like my dark time. Yeah. Um, I ended up transferring to Oregon state. Um, I finished out time there, but then I ended up transferring, uh, so I could be closer to my doctors at here and then just family, um, which was great in the rest of college. Um, that was definitely a good choice for me. But um things that I think around that time was when I was like, okay, this isn't like a problem that's going
0: <laughs> yeah, going away, unfortunately. Yeah. You were um, really having to find like long-term like yeah. things that were going to support you versus it, sounds uh-huh. like, and I'm probably not using the right language for, you know chronic illness society but versus hopefully short-term yeah. solutions that you had been trying what at that point it was at least already 10 years though still
1: long time yeah. yeah 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 um yep and so in college I any they I mean everyone was trying everything and I was like we were just I don't know pushing for an answer as you do and so um they died they tentatively like diagnosed me with an autoimmune um condition called ankylosing spondylitis which is like when your body attacks itself immune system wise and creates inflammation because they saw like a sign of something on a scan of mine so it was kind of like well nothing else is working let's this looks like it could be this let's try
0: wild yeah um
1: (laughs) But the treatment for that was like self-injecting medication. So that was college. Was me, <laughs> I remember like in my dorm room. I and I do not like, I don't, I mean, I don't think it's not common, but I don't like needles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but for me to like have to do it myself, yeah, and I was getting reactions from like the automatic ones, so I had to actually do like the needle myself and I remember doing it. It was like this whole thing. Yeah. Who made me equipped to do this?
0: Um, I mean, that's amazing that you were able to do it. I think that kind of goes to show kind of like you said, that determination that you always had to, yeah, to do the things that someone was telling you to do, to get better because I similarly to you, but I want to be like, I'm worse, but I don't know where you were at back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely hate needles to the point where you know when I got vaccinated in yeah. last year, whenever that was, they thought I was having a reaction to the wow. vaccination because I <laughs> lost all color <laughs> in oh, my. Face. you were gonna pass out! I was g- about to pass out, so I had you know like in the ve- I got it early on because of the coffee shop, so we had the food yeah. industry, and it was like you know whatever we got it really really early, and so I was probably like the 15th shot at this location and they were all like it's happening it's happening give her cold water like everyone take her blood pressure it was like girl at my feet and it was like no I'm just really scared of needles (laughs) so the fact that I like as you viscerally say you had to give yourself injections I'm like the fact you were able to do that just (laughs) and for me I'm like the the most determined to support yourself yeah. in that way because I can all, I I feel like I would say absolutely not I know I <laughs> like, yeah absolutely not I mean that's the thing is like at that point though what are you mm-hmm. you just like you said 10 years of your life at that point already mm-hmm. had been trying yeah, to yeah. figure this out so you're like I'm not going to give yeah. up now if this is what I have to do this is what I have to do right yeah you just I think throughout
1: the process of all of this you normalize things that are not normal and like that's been part of the healing process is recognizing to not not even necessarily that but like a lot of other things um but you know I've been doing the work on in therapy but like oh yeah. that was not um normal you know I don't like the word normal but like that wasn't normal or that it, like it's okay to have feelings around that and stuff like that because I think you just for a long time it's just head down and you're doing it like whatever you can to feel better and um when you let up on the gas or have a you know breath of air throughout any of this process you're kind of like what did I just do or what just happened yeah so I think that's that's also something like a really interesting thing I see both in myself and in clients and just friends in the community is kind of that process too of like integrating kind of into life after after you've gone through like the the trenches with things
0: totally and at such a young age I feel like you didn't have a long period of quote-unquote normalcy right when you were only 11 years old when this all began
1: I know yeah I had like. My little lockbox of meds in college and like in my sorority house, I had my little, like, they had to be yeah. refrigerated. Like, this was not hot girl shit. This was like not the
0: skincare <laughs> little refrigerators. Oh, oh
1: my gosh, I, that would have been so no, that unfortunately too yeah. later in life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And then after college, I, when I ended up moving back home, um, close to my medical team and they put me on IV treatments for it. Um, and so that was a very humbling experience to be, um, like in an infusion center with people. Yeah. Who are very much so older usually Mm -hmm. than me. Um, and very, sick and I again throughout this whole process never like I've been very conscious I think with labels and I just have always been like this is not the forever like this is I've never necessarily labeled it as like sick or um there's a whole the whole community it's like it's called spoonie community it's a chronic illness thing in relation to like how much energy you have and I understand the concept. I just haven't 100% identified because I think the labels can be kind of limiting
0: to 100%. Some yeah. This um, reminds me of um in I used to work in more traditional therapy specifically with kids and a lot of kiddos that struggled from like ADHD, autism stuff like that and it was really yeah. important even in the language we used around them and working with them that we weren't like you are autistic. You have ADHD. It was like, it's a piece of you, but it's not who you are. So I think whether that be something more mental, more physical, I think it is. So it can be so limiting and take away the power of the individual to really place that label versus being like, this is a piece of you because a piece of you can be temporary, (laughs) right? (laughs) So much more temporary than who you are. Well, it's like you have
1: this is a great example I just saw this when I was looking at you it's
0: like you have brown
1: hair you have ADHD or whatever Mm -hmm. not I'm not saying you have that but it's also like we were just talking about this before we hopped on like oh I'm thinking of changing my hair color it's like yeah okay well your hair you can be blonde and your symptoms can change it's like whereas if you take on the hat of like I am this that's that is when I'm like I wasn't com- ever
0: comfortable with it. So, um, I think it's so interesting that you have that perspective, even though you from from such a young age, from experiencing what you did from such a young age, I feel like really easily could have taken that on versus like, yeah. let's say this didn't come up till you were 20 or 21. Right. Like, and you, you would have made sense to not be your identity, but so much of our identity, interestingly, gets so solidified in childhood, right? Even at a subconscious level. Yeah. So I think it's just really powerful that you never absorbed that.
1: I think, yeah, it's weird. It, it's very, very interesting in past clients and stuff. um Like at what age or point in your life these things come on mm-hmm. and how that impacts someone's ability to. Or the pace at which you can work through Mm -hmm. coping, acceptance, healing, all that stuff. Because for a lot of people, like if it comes on in your thirties and you uh, have been married and maybe you have a kid, it's like this version of you for all intents and purposes, like dies Mm
0: -hmm. and it,
1: that sounds super harsh, but it does. And it, you do not realize like a better version is there, but you are clinging to so much of this old version that yeah. I think that that's trips people up a lot um so yeah I don't really know I mean
0: the whole yeah. young thing is so wild to me so uh, wild. well I feel like and you know you haven't said this but I tell me <laughs> if wrong. okay I feel like you had a really good family support system yeah. oh, too yeah. and I feel like being so young in it that was probably so important that you had that family structure and I don't know what your parents were saying to you or how anyone was talking to you about it right but I would be curious to go back and like listen to that because I think you know language is so powerful and however the adults around you were talking to you about your experience too at the time I can only imagine had an impact on especially those early stages what you yeah how you experienced it
1: yeah yeah no it became um like looking back I can now put our like terms around it are kind of like you know the terms that we know in this industry of um like negative self-talk or things like that I can term things out but in the moment I did not know but um like we unintentionally but set definitely set boundaries I mean subconsciously maybe of like who doctors like that i was seeing or people that were around i mean there was yeah never any discussion of like this is the end of the world and mm-hmm. this is not ever going to get better or anything like that um and if there was ever anything kind of negative i mean even doctor wise it was like well on to the next one yeah it's huge. um so yeah, no family has been, that's like, I mean, that's, that has been my why throughout all of it for sure. Um, yeah. And continues to be, so even, I mean, this is like a good to move on a little bit with it. Um, they, saw I was on the IV treatments and they, I didn't feel like it, I didn't feel like much was happening. It was like two years and I just felt not that good. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my doctor and she said, I remember being in there with my mom and she was like, well, you know, like 60% of people feel about 20% better on this drug. And that was, this is like talking about a, the rest of my life, me being on this infusion for the rest of my life at 22. And like that, I don't want to say negativity, but like that to me, I was just like, hell. I was like, no, that was a a
0: cup half empty or full moment. (laughs) You're like, I'm only going to get 20% of this cup filled for all that I'm doing. Like I can only imagine how not worth it. It felt. Yeah. And I just remember
1: being like, I was like, no. Um, and we had the conversation, a lot of conversations and like, I ended up going, against their advice and going off of it um and going on like my little what I call my little like walkabout for a few years of trying to find my own answers so we ended up going like up and down the west coast to medical centers and then I ended up out at um the Mayo Clinic in Florida um which I'm in Oregon. So Florida is yeah. about as far a trek <laughs> as you can go. And it wasn't even about distance, but it became just about like, we want the best or the people who can give me like a more comprehensive look at things. Yeah. I felt like I tapped out of everyone in town for sure. After being in here for so long. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of running into dead ends. And so, ended up out there and they were like, you've definitely been misdiagnosed. Like you do not have that autoimmune, um, issue. That really long one that you said earlier. Yes. Ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah. So the one that I had been injecting for and getting wow. IV treatments for, wow. um,
0: wait, pause. Is this the moment that you started feeling like a lot of the saltiness and the resentment coming up when you had done so much thinking it was that thing. And then someone's like, I still didn't. I, okay. I, my mom was you are a super human to not feel it yet in this process. Cause just, Oh, here, I have
1: my moments. No, I'm mad
0: for you. I'm upset for you.
1: I know. But my thing is like, you wouldn't, my mom had sadness. My mom went with me. Um, not, I mean, it wasn't intent, but just like that I that's, a. am so sorry. You had to go through that. Um, because super physically hard on my body mm-hmm. and just me, like emotionally mentally yep for me like you I wouldn't have been at Mayo if I didn't go like it was kind of a trial and error process um yeah so I don't know if I would have ended up there had I not tried that and it's like if you have been in this world it is the wild west sometimes like once you reach a chronic stage or like enter into that realm it feels like the wild west because so much of it is gray in terms of getting diagnosed or the process of or even treatment but then I also feel like things are very interconnected so you can have something and then I feel like there's umbrella things that kind of fall under it and it is complicated and so to me like I there was never any like clear-cut to me, the clear cut path would have been like going in and being like, "You have the flu, like you know, an acute thing right. a long, long time ago." Yeah, um, and that was just Take never the antibiotics
0: path. kind yeah. of
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah, binge watch something and you will feel better. <laughs> yeah, um, that was never the case, and so yeah, I I go through periods of anger for sure. Um, but to me, that was the process. I I guess. There was no other
0: process. I don't know what the process was. What a, like, defining but beautiful story, because even now, like, episode one, right? If anyone hasn't listened to that, go back, because Alan literally says a lot of what she supports people in today is the process, so I'm like, what a symbol just for, like, mindset in your own life of going through the process, and I'm like, no shit, you coach people on it now <laughs> as you should. You have to talk about the process that you have been through in this health journey, yeah. and I feel like we're only at the Mayo Clinic point yet, where you were like undiagnosed. So I'm like, oh, I know what happened. What? So what else happened? I know. There's so Mayo? much. There's so much more.
1: Yeah. So they ended up saying they then diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, um, which have been thrown out in the past to they're very real for sure. Um, I have my own issues to work through with those because sometimes I feel like it is a little bit of a catch-all. If you are in this world again, you know that that again is something that gets lobbed in with a lot of other stuff in terms of the widespread body pain um, cognitive issues, fatigue, all of that stuff. And so to me, I felt validated in that I knew the old diagnosis wasn't correct, but then this one kind of didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a full fit to me. Um, but I knew I was still kind of on the right track. So I was, they, they helped me to get off of a bunch of medication, which was amazing. I went to pain rehabilitation lactation out there. Um, So I've been back there a bunch, but yeah, I spent a month there um, at pain rehab, which sounds so weird. Um, But I went through a month long process of detox, nervous system regulation, um, and working on just habit
0: change so cool. and
1: all of that stuff yeah that I don't was know if
0: I felt cool but ago. I'm like hearing about it I'm like more people need to go it was. to this and yeah, <laughs>
1: being there I was like wow I mean the things you learn I'm like everyone needs this yeah 100% um, it was it's super interesting and you just learn you I mean again throughout the process any process that anyone's going through if you go through it with intention I think you can learn a lot about yourself Um, and, and being in it, it was small group, but the people I was in it with, I mean, life changing for sure. So that was super awesome. Um, and I think before that, I'm trying to remember the timeline of it. I think right before that, maybe a year before that is when I started my coaching. Okay. Um, So so when you were kind of in the midst of everything, yeah, yeah. So I had gone to Mayo, gotten that, and then it was, um, yeah. So I went to pain rehab after COVID. Um, I forget when that was, maybe it was 20. What
0: made you want to start
1: coaching? Coaching was I, well, a word coaching. We've talked about this. I just am like, yes, (laughs) I don't know. I have a hard time with
0: it. More to common business blocks on the word
1: coaching. I never set out, A, to be a coach. I just simply set out to, I felt like there was a void in um, the support and community aspect of things because going, this whole process, A, no one in my life personally had mm-hmm. issues or anything related to this, at least that I knew at the time, no one was... Yeah. I still don't really think anyone was had anything that they weren't really talking about. Right. Um, and then, so that made me feel isolated. And then going through kind of um, the process of like, again, I, I don't remember the, I guess social media was kind of becoming cool around then, um, around that, you know, college, I think I maybe be, did I get a Facebook in college? I don't know the timing. Probably. Yeah. It became, yeah. Yeah. So, but I was like, I would check out kind of like, maybe like a support group or something. And they were sad as hell. Um, Facebook groups, man. Oh my Lord. And here's the Wild, thing, like, wild West is um, oh, Facebook. I get it. And I, I am the first to say that this sucks. Like seven days a week, it sucks. I will be honest about that. But if I sit here, like I'm tearing up right now. If I sit here and say like seven days a week, it sucks. Yeah. Then I'm going to cry all day. 100%. I cannot be in a Facebook group or seven days a week. I open my Facebook and this, this sucks.
0: 100%. And I'm sure they're saying a hell of a lot more than (sighs) it sucks, which is kind of, you know, in in the coaching world, we talk about energy a lot. And also like, law of attraction, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so you can only
1: imagine the more I started learning about it. I was like, this is not good. I cannot. So I wasn't in those groups. Um, but I was like, I need, I want to, I want something. Um, I was in therapy and stuff, but like, I just, there needed to be something. And so I started what I called chronic illness coaching and people will be like, how'd you, did you get certified? And I'm like, Y'all, I made that up. Um, I started- that is hilarious. I did not know how that's how you like. Oh, uh, yeah. Title. <laughs> well, what do you call it? I, but I was just like yeah. helping people through the journey, diagnosed or undiagnosed. There's mm-hmm. such a, there is. People go through every stage of like, whatever those five stages are of like denial, mm-hmm. grief, anger, sadness, mm-hmm. all the things. But then there's also like the aspect of there's so much relationships, social work, mm-hmm. um, all the, like the physical, like, oh, I can't do the things I used to. There's yeah so many things that go into it. And it's like, how do you do that? So anyways, I started doing that. That was my goal was like, if I can help someone through or at least be a support, I'm not going to fix anyone that I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to fix you. But if I can help you through the process of this, then wonderful. Um, And that's kind of how it began, I guess. And it was super, I mean, I think honestly, it was as rewarding for me as it was for um, other people, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it it started. And then it led to this,
0: I guess. 100%. And I feel like we're going to have to do a episode two Oh, I know. Just your journey, right? We can leave out the health if you want that time because you did really <laughs> about the health. Um I know. About I know, like yeah. how it's all transpired from there. But just kind of to like sum it up with a little bow on top. Mm. In the last few years, you know, since maybe that rehab. Yeah. Where are you at? With your journey I... process.
1: Yeah. I feel honestly, I mean, I know I just like teared up. I feel better than ever. Um, I think because I have more awareness and more tools and more community and more support. Um, so I'm still, I, I can't say I ride the line, you know, one way or the other. I'm not fully Western. I'm not fully holistic. I think there's a lot of value in both and a lot of reason to utilize both I have um become very aware of and very into and I'm excited for our next guest in terms of nervous system like I've become so hot on (laughs) regulating my nervous system doing the work on trauma um even like me saying oh I have medical trauma like it has taken me so long to get there um and recognize these things and so i think i'm i will always be in process and i think that's also been something is me feeling like not worthy enough to do things in this line of work because i'm like oh but i'm not finished and it's like i am never going to be yeah. finished and no uh, one ever
0: is right like regardless of <laughs> How shiny it looks on a Ah, social media account but no one's ever truly done with the process I like to think that we're all just onions and there's just always a new layer loads of layers
1: yes exactly yeah I mm -hmm, I agree with that for sure um so yeah I think I am all I'm at a great place there's lots up in the air still that I would like to address but I feel like I have a wonderful foundation now whereas before I was just swimming around trying to hold on
0: and breathe um which like pause because you built that foundation for yourself and I think that's so freaking powerful right because there's always going to be stuff in life. And kind of like you talked about in the beginning, whether that's health issues for some people, mental stuff, stress, financial relationship, like there's always going to be something. And I feel like we both preach this. And what we do is like, you have to have a foundation that's just internal because there can be so much chaos going on even in you physically. Right. But that when I say internal, I really mean that mental foundation has to be built and you have to have tools to fall back on to get back to that foundation if it's feeling like you've fallen off a little bit or it's getting a little rocky so yeah I just think that's worth kind of like solidifying for all of our listeners and anyone who might relate to your story and be like I don't even know Mm -hmm. where to start which I get that's going to look so different for everyone and everyone has their own process to go through but (laughs) I think really the goal should be to build that internal foundation and that's what you should just be working towards in the process
1: yes everyone everyone wants the beautiful pretty house but if you build it on really shitty foundation Um, gosh, it's going to come crashing down. One
0: earthquake is all it takes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So taking the time. And I think that's the big, the biggest frustration. I mean, you can relate this to any, anything, any industry is that we want, we want instant gratification and we want quick. And like, this has been the biggest lesson in timing and giving up my like perfectionism my need for control i still if i like i still like things how i like my things but letting go of some things and stuff like that and so um overall feeling very grateful i have my moments of anger that make me human um but still because i would not be i wouldn't be doing this i would not be here i would not i don't even know what i'd be doing it's really weird to think about an alternative what i would be doing I also think too, like, and this sounds really weird, but I've said this before, is that it has forced me to do the work and learn myself at such an accelerated pace and at such an early time. Yeah would not wish it on anyone, yep. but at the same time, like, I also wouldn't give it up for anything.
0: Um, Got that life crisis out of the way early on. <laughs> you yeah. so not have to have it at
1: 45. <laughs> I might have another one, but at least I know I'll live through it.
0: Yes, because you know. have the foundation yeah. now. You have
1: yeah. the foundation. Yeah, so, yeah, life crisis number two. You come, I won't feel like death is on my door, 100%. so, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you for I sharing know. your story with me, Thank you. And the world on our podcast. Um, I just appreciate your vulnerability so much and allowing for all of us to just witness this. I, I, you know, whether we call it journey or process, I just think it's so relatable in so many ways. So thank you. And thank you guys
1: for listening to all of this. You are not alone yes so um thank you for joining us on this week's episode you can find a new episode every thursday
0: at 7 a.m pacific standard time to connect with us more you can add us on instagram at r-e-c-o-v period h-e-r period y (laughs) wish i would have made that more simple back in the day for all of us (laughs) (laughs) i
1: love it I was like, is she going to go with the spelling it out? Or is she going to? I'll drop it like episode five, you know? Yeah, just get on board, people. Um, And you can find me at doing it despite. I'm not as nice as Allie. So (laughs) figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will see you all next week. Love that for us.